0: Hi, I'm Patrick Palm, CEO and founder of FAVORO, and this is the Learn From Leaders podcast. The background to these interviews is that Favro clients are some of the most innovative and agile businesses out there. And it's used for collaborative planning by marketing teams, by product teams, HR, management teams. And what this means is that we get to know some truly inspiring people. So what we do in this podcast is that I invite them here for conversation about something where they are true leaders, so we can all learn from it. Let's go. I have to start by asking you, you know, your family name. It sounds very Swedish. Uh, <laughs> is there some Swedish roots there or, or are we just lucky? Uh,
1: I, think, I think you're just lucky. You know, I think I'm, I'm mostly Irish English, but, you know, who, who knows if you go far enough back, okay. maybe, maybe there's a little Swedish in there too
0: yeah there was a Viking sometime you know far back there you know in you know nine nine hundred six you know who, who who was there in ireland exactly <laughs> yeah uh, awesome and you know you um uh, you have actually been using um favor at, at more than one company already, so you're already like a veteran uh using Favor. um so you know maybe you can just uh walk us through a little bit you know the the, the last few things that you you know you've done and and the transitions you've done because it's uh it's quite a quite a lot of difference between these companies.
1: Yeah. So, to give just a my quick background, um, I'm a, I'm a startup guy, and so I started at a company called Scopely. I uh, grew with them from when they were about 25 people to about you know five or 600, and then I moved over to FoxNext, which is where I started using uh, Favro for the first time. And what I was using Favro for was to replace uh, just. Slack messages, um, you know I was running a team that was in charge of sending messages for um, a couple of the mobile games that we were developing, and a lot of times we would get requests for messages and you know the number of emails and slack messages can be really tough to uh, tough to keep up with and so we adopted Favro and started using that for new message requests and it made life a lot easier um, you know from outside requesters having visibility into what else the team was working on. And also my team being able to have a full list of everything that's been requested and not have to sift through a bunch of different locations to find everything that they were, were asked to work on. Um, and then most recently I moved over to Garage Beer. Um, you know, I moved to Barcelona about a year ago and decided to follow a passion of mine, which is beer and brewing. And Um, One of the first things that I noticed was that, um, you know, there were a lot of processes in place but there was no formal way to keep track of them. And so again, it was a problem of having so many different platforms and not a good way to corral all of that information and so uh, something that John actually helped us quite a bit with was building out flows for some of our more complex cross-departmental processes um, so that everybody in the organization could see at what stage a beer was in, who was in charge of doing whatever the next step was, and what was going to be the kind of upcoming life cycle for that beer.
0: That was, that was a fun project. <laughs> it was it was actually working on a case study together on that one.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, was...
0: I'm looking forward to that. So, so you literally had a beer flow in the Favreau. Yes.
1: exactly. Oh, exactly. that is
0: awesome. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, I have to ask you, since you know you've been you know both at um, you know large enterprise um, and before that you know at the game company and you know now at um, you know at the startup again. Um, you know, we have we have three TV series here that, you know, we have, you know, The Office, you know, with the Enterprise, we have the TV series Silicon Valley with startups, and, you know, we also have, you know, Mr. Quest, uh, Raven's Banquet, you know, for, for the game studio, you know, all of these kind of uh, hilarious shows, uh, brilliant shows making fun of each of them. You know, how, you know, I heard and I read people say that a lot of people in Silicon Valley do not like watching the TV series startup, uh, Silicon Valley, because it's too close to reality. Um, I mean, what, what's your feel? I mean, you can, you can literally, you know, you know bounce with, with, with all of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you watch the first season of Silicon Valley, it is very much the experience of working at a small startup. And so, I mean, it's a, it, it's a great insight into that. Um, you know, working at small startups is really kind of fun, exciting. Everything's new every day. But at the same time it's everything's new every day. There's no process. There's no way to really get kind of settled in and feel like you uh have found a flow for yourself. And so it's, you know, it's it's not for everyone, but it's a it's mm-hmm. a great experience and
0: getting comfortable with uh with, with the unknown. Uh cool. And what what about the have you have you seen um, The Office or have you seen uh uh Myth, Myth Request?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've watched I watched all of The Office and mm-hmm. so Yeah, working at a a large enterprise is, you know, I I can't say I I too deeply identify with the office, at least not in the same way that I identified with Silicon Valley, because fortunately, I've had uh, at both sides, I've had competent managers, Mm -hmm. so you know, no, no, Michael Scott's running around, but uh, (laughs) but the it's just a wildly different experience with, um, you know, quite a bit more just standardized processes, quite a bit more bureaucracy you know putting in a request and not finding out until sometimes weeks later if if that re- request is going to go through because it has to travel you know up and down the chain but yeah uh, you know it's uh, I'm, I'm i'm a startup guy through and through but you know having the experience of working at a larger enterprise has been really valuable just to understand what what processes should look like once once a company's established and um, you know, one of the advantages of working at Scopely from when it was so small to when it got mm-hmm. so big was being able to see how that transition can happen.
0: Yeah, and that, 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 that's really cool. And, it, you know, it makes me think about, you know, when we look at our, our client base, I mean, it's it's basically, you know, three categories. You know, it, it's, it's startups, you know, it's unicorns that have you know, grown very, very, very fast. Um, and it, it is enterprises that are doing... Strategic initiatives around agile transformation, and and you know when I think about this, you know another way of seeing it is is that you know the startups, you know they really want to they want to to scale agility, know, they want to you know stay agile, you know as as they grow, you know have you know these unicorns have grown very fast, you know they're dead scared of becoming you know very corporate, becoming very hierarchical. They want they want to you know keep you know the good stuff. About being, you know, smaller, you know, being a startup, you know, being more agile. So they want, they want to keep that agility, keep a flat organization. And then we have these enterprises that wants to, you know, to become more agile. You know, they want to be, you know, more competitive. You know, faster. They want to be able to adapt faster to things happening in the market. Able to operate, you know, more, you know, in many ways as as a startup. So it's almost like everyone, you know, having you know business agility is kind of really the. Uh, the central theme for uh, for all of these groups, even though they come from from very different places and, and and that leads me to my next question to you you know how um you know since you have have made this journey from being a relatively small team into being a much bigger team uh, you know from from the perspective of of of, of you know run, you know agility and, and processes uh, what, what was your biggest takeaways? that you feel like you can use now when you're doing this next uh, journey with, uh, with the startup? I think um, one of the things that I've learned quite a bit
1: from going through that transition and then moving back to a, a small company again is that one, the, the things that work for a big company, even if they're really you know, great efficient processes, don't necessarily translate to a smaller company. And even if they do, it's not always as easy as just picking something up and copy pasting it in, um, you know, transitioning into that process, whatever it is, is, you know, important part, of the, important part of the journey. And so, you know, one of the things that, like you said, the small, small companies really value is agility. And so if you try to come in and create the, a ton of just really rigid processes, it can end up being less efficient because, you know, when you're a small company, you know who to talk to and kind of how to how to solve problems sometimes and that you can't necessarily do it at a big company. Um, but yeah, I think small companies maintaining that agility. And I mean, fabro has been a great kind of middle ground for us where it doesn't necessarily, necessitate you have this really strict, rigid flow for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, different different teams at the Mm -hmm. at Garage are using Favra differently. And you know, some of the the more agile teams are just using it to keep track of individual tasks. Um, Whereas like I like I mentioned earlier, we have these more complex flows for
0: Mm -hmm.
1: how 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 a beer travels through its life cycle.
0: Yeah. And you know, in, in, in you know, this age now of, you know, coronavirus and, and companies are trying to move into more distributed fashion, you know, working from home. Um, how, how far can you take a beer company? Because obviously beer is a physical product. Um, you know, how, how far can you go in, in, in making um, um, a, a company which ultimately, you know, uh, deals with a physical product? Um, you know, how, how distributed can you be? Uh, that is
1: a question I wouldn't have been able to answer before this but, uh, you know, now that we've gone through the, the whole pandemic, I feel like I've got a pretty, pretty good grasp of that. Um, and that's actually one of the things that I've been most proud of working at Garage is our ability to transition from being just a almost exclusively selling our goods through a physical space to moving online. Um, And so the only people who we require to be in the brewery are one to two brewers. And, um, you know, to give you some perspective before the pandemic, we were, we were doing maybe, I think our best online month was maybe a thousand euro. Um, And then, you know, in April, I think we did, we grew to about 30,000. And so, Just making that transition to online sales, while um, you know maintaining as few people in the physical brewery as possible, um, has allowed us to really stay afloat. And so, you know, we've we've realized that the only outside of the people who are packaging beer, making beer, packaging beer, and then putting beer onto uh, onto trucks, everybody else is capable of working remotely as long as we're
0: maintaining communication so that's pretty cool so not only have you been able to you know almost literally run the the company as a distributed company uh you in some sense it's also been you know good for your business development
1: it it really has you know I, i think uh one of the advantages that we have you know take one thing that we've taken advantage of is the fact that we're doing way more um online advertising and so You know, so many of the people who were buying our beer were only getting exposed to it because they knew the brand already, or happened to walk into some place where we were selling our beer. Um, And now that we've built up our online presence more, we're capturing customers who
0: we would have never really had the opportunity to. That's um, um, that, that. That is truly cool. I have a. I have a, a friend who wrote a book about about uh, famous microbreweries in across Sweden, um, and it's, it's 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 almost like the ultimate what do you call it coffee table book. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, it, it it is it is really cool, and it's really cool with all these uh, interviews with the brewers because uh, there's a lot of people being you know very very passionate about the craft, uh, you know, in in that kind of you know geeky way that. I think we're also finding, for example, you know, the game industry where people are just, you know, really committed uh, artists, um, and um, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely an interesting industry. Uh, you already mentioned uh, some things around, you know, how you've been using uh, Um but is there anything you would like to add in terms of, you know, any kind of specific, you know, problems that that you know you, uh, you were addressing by, by using Favor that you know maybe you weren't able to address with. Another tool, uh, maybe if there's, you know, you know, some tool you replaced or, you know, if you can add, you know, a little bit more color to kind of this use case of favour. Of yeah,
1: um, you know, one of the problems that we solved is um, it's more of an interpersonal problem. Um, you know, the, the flow that I told you about um, it re- generally required people to check in constantly like when is this done when can I do my part because so many pieces of this flow are need to be sequential Um, you know for example you can't package a beer until you have the labels Um, Mm -hmm. and so one of the big problems that we solved was trust Um, you know when people are constantly checking in and asking you are you done yet are you done yet can I work on this it feel, doesn't feel great, you know? It, it never feels great to have somebody, to feel like somebody's micromanaging your work. And by moving this flow over to Favreau, um, it allowed people to know what stage everything was in without checking in with people constantly. Okay. And it allowed, one, people to see that they didn't need to check in constantly for things to happen um, because they could see things flowing. Um, and it also helped with you know, you don't need to feel like somebody is hounding you all the time to get your work done. Mm
0: -hmm. And so it's,
1: you know, it's all some efficiency, you know, we made sure things weren't falling through the cracks, et cetera. But I think one of the biggest things it helped with was just getting teams to trust each other and understand that the work is going to get done, whether you are uh, bugging somebody
0: about it or not. Uh, Awesome. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I certainly did. If you want to elevate yourself as a modern leader and help your teams become even more successful, then check out Fever Academy at There They will find podcasts, webinars, articles, all for your charge. Check it out.